You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone, I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. And every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to make decisions. How do you make decisions? And uh, I think this is a really good topic. I'm really interested in it because the one thing I know is that the quality of our life is the quality of the decisions that we make. Yeah, this is huge. And I know back on episode 14, we talked about making big decisions uh, when you and I decided to make the switch over to EXP. And so we kind of broke down this idea of making big decisions. But this one's more, at least the way I'm approaching it is, just kind of looking at things overall and how do I make decisions? And the thing that's really interesting to me about this is when I look back at my life, there was a huge portion of my life that I didn't really make decisions that I kind of, I reacted to everything. Um, I let whatever was brought to me is what I reacted to. Uh, And then over the last several years, probably we're going on six, seven years now, I've been a lot more, in tune with making decisions. And so this is, uh, I'm really excited to jump into this because I know you have a really good take on it. I know our approach to making decisions is, I would call yours a little more black and white and mine a little more gray at times. Uh, But that's, uh, that's, that's the approach that I have. So I'm super excited to dive into this with you. Yeah, I'm really excited too, man. I mean, uh, Having seen, uh, you actually saw Tony, you've seen Tony Robbins a couple of times now. And so since we just saw him uh, a little bit ago at our build conference uh, with uh, EXP and then also getting back into some more Tony Robbins stuff, it's this, this is one of the things that he is always talking about. And so it's at the forefront of my mind. And then I've also got, it's always a thing with clients working and having them trying to make decisions on, you know, if they want to buy, if they don't want to buy, which house do they want to buy and all of those things. And so in everyday life, which is the thing I think a lot of times we don't think about is that we're constantly making decisions. We're always making decisions. And so even if you don't think about this topic a lot, it comes up in your everyday life, no matter what. And so actually talking about it, how do we do it? One thing that Tony Robbins says is like, in, or, in order to get good at something, you have to do it over and over again. And so making decisions and doing that is how you get good at it. And so, you know, I just think it's a good thing for us to actually talk about here on this yeah. conversation. So, yeah, as Tony was saying, and this is the, so I've heard him twice. I heard him at the build conference and then I heard him at funnel hacking live And as we're recording this and I am set to go to unleash the power within uh, in November. So excited about that because you're always talking about that being a pivotal moment in your life. And uh, 
And so I'm really looking forward to that. But the one thing that he talks about, and he refers to it all the time as like, how do you have breakthrough? But I look at it as, you know, it's a huge part of making decisions. And he's, he breaks it down into the three things where you have to have your, it's the, your state, your story and your strategy. And he always talks about how we do those in reverse order where we always pick our strategy first. And back when we were talking about me doing the 75 hard challenge. So it's a lot of, you know, I just completed 75 hard three days ago and we did an episode on that at the very beginning. And I didn't, you know, you had asked me if I was committed to it and I'm like, well, I'm committed to starting it. And at that point, I wasn't really mentally like, yes, I'm doing this all the way. And I kind of just pushed through. But as we talk about weight loss as a good example of how to break this down, we always start with a strategy. So 75 hard was actually a decision I made, but I didn't put a lot of, of my good decision-making tools in place. I started with the strategy. So I want to, you know, I knew that Okay, I know I need to drink more water. I know I need to exercise, you know, I know I need to exercise. I need to eat better. So I knew I needed to do all those things and 75 hard had them all. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so that I started with the strategy of what am I going to do to lose weight? And 75 hard was is where I started. And then I kind of went backwards from there. Now that's not an exact, you know, that's not exactly all true because I've been working mentally on my state and my story when it comes to my weight. And so 75 hard was the strategy I threw in there, but you know, state story strategy, I keep coming back to that over the last couple months. Yeah. I think the state story strategy is always super important. That is really, really important. The thing I think of is when a decision, I always go back to what is the root word of decision and decision in the word decision is incision. And what that means is to cut, right? And so when you make a decision, you actually are cutting away all the other options to do anything, right? And so uh, your 75 hard, you know, scenario is actually a really good one for that, which is why I asked the question, if you were committed to it, because that is a very, very hard challenge. And I knew what we were, you know, we had, different conferences that we're going to have to go to and all of those things. And so for you to actually commit to do that, for one, I wanted to make sure you were serious, you know, and then that way I could just, you know, I'm not going to tell you what you have to do, but I can encourage you as a brother that, Hey, you made this commitment and this is, you know, trying to keep you on course with that. And so the fact that you said you committed to it, you know, that is the first thing. So you're cutting off all other avenues. So when you committed to that, it's like, man, I can't do anything else, you know? And so you can't, you can't waver on that. So that was the thing that I thought was really good and kind of what Tony Robbins talks about. So I have his book, it's called Awaken the Giant Within, which is just basically the book form of everything that he teaches. This book is like 600, 500 pages pages long, but in here, look at me. I set you, I totally set you up with the Tony Robbins thing. I had no idea you had the uh, wake and the giant within ready to go. Yeah, exactly, man. It was like a, it's like a alley-oop. Thank you for the, (laughs) for the toss or in your terms, a soft toss baseball, soft toss right there. But he's got like, um, basically six points in, in this book and the, where he starts off at is with decision-making. Right. And when he talks about this, he says, point number two that he makes, he says, you have to realize that the hardest step in achieving anything is making a true commitment. 
a true decision. And he says, uh, people who fail usually make decisions slowly. They change their minds quickly and they're always bouncing back and forth. And he says, just decide. And he says, um, the other thing he says is, you know, when you've made a true decision, because that is followed by action. Right. And that's one of the things that he always says. He mentioned it when we were uh, with him uh, at our build conference, too, is like when you decide to do something, there's usually emotion involved. And then after that emotion, make sure you do something right after that, because that's going to actually like lock it in. If you make a decision and then don't do anything, it's almost like not making a decision at all. Right. And so I think that's really good with what your 75 hard did as well. It's like you made a decision to do that. And then you've actually got to get to work. You have two workouts you got to do. Like if you don't actually start moving, you won't, you won't uh, complete 75 hard, you know, you got to do something. Yep. And uh, it's funny too, going back to that conversation that you said you'd ask me if I was committed. I remember where I was, I was actually on one of my walks and I was walking through this apartment complex over by my house and and I don't know if this is like the story I tell myself or if this is actually where you're coming from, but it was just, it kind of made me laugh as we're talking about state story strategy is the way you asked me the question, how I heard it was, I don't think you're committed. Like it was, and then, so what that did is that brought up all these other times that I failed or that I've lost weight and gained it and lost weight and gained it. And I'm like, man, he doesn't believe that I'm going to do this. And, but that's not what you said, but that was the story that I was telling myself. Yeah. And that's why story is so important, right? No matter what you're right. So whatever story you tell yourself is true. Right. And so that's the, the cool thing. And so, yeah. So my motivation behind it was just like, Hey man, I, I knew you could do it, but I just, the thing I think about is Jesus always says like, count the cost. Like you're, you're supposed to count the cost before you do anything. Right. That's like a tenant that he says, like, don't go build a house when, you know, you, you know, you can't finish it because then people are going to look at the builder and be like, basically, what, what were you thinking? Right. And so I just knew, I was like, man, two workouts a day. I, I work out once, <laughs> once a day. Right. And I love working out. So I'm like two workouts during a conference, like what we're going to be doing during two, like, conferences. That, during two conferences. Right. It's so I was just like, man, like that is a level of commitment that is like over the top. And so it wasn't that I didn't think you could do it. It was just, I wanted to be like, man, like, have you thought this through? Because if you don't think, if you don't do the forward thinking, right, like the plan to put in place, like you, you, you will fail. You know what I mean? And so I was just like, man, like those two conferences, that is going to be a real challenge. And so and did, a, did it though. And, and did a three day trip to Pittsburgh with Cooper. But there was twice I was in the hotel gym at like 1145, like hustling to get down to the gym to get my 45 minutes in before midnight. Which is cool, right? And that's where I think the decision comes in. And that's that's exactly what I was thinking about. And the reason why I was thinking about that is because one of my other friends, uh, he actually did, you know, he did 75 hard. And so I just remember we went over to their house to eat and we were eating and uh, he was like, man, I still got like one more workout to do. And I'm like, man, this just sucks. Like if you want to invite people over and you can't work out and now like we're having a good time and it's like, he doesn't want to kick me out of his house because we're having a good time. And so I was just like, Hey man, if you want to go work out, like I'll just hang out with you. Cause he's got his, 
garage. He's got stuff to work out within his garage. And I was like, man, go ahead and get your stuff on and go in the garage, man. So I like, I lay, he has a TV in there. So I laid back on a Swiss ball and I'm like, just talking to him and he's working out, you know? And so that was actually the, the mental picture I had was just like, man, I went over to his house and it's so inconvenient, you know? And so, and he's actually a really big planner. Like he plans, he's, that's just how he is. He thinks about everything. He plans it out. And so, you know, that was actually the moment I was thinking about when I asked you that question, because I'm like, man, at conferences, it's like, we're going to have to hang out. We're hanging out with people, you know, no telling how late you're going to be up and then you still got to work out, you know? So, but it was good. The other thing too, is like, what did you learn? Because the question would be, what did you learn through that? Right. It's like, man, two workouts, even for me, like I do work out a lot. Even for me, I was like, man, two workouts is crazy. Right. And so I would think the thing you would probably figure out or that I, one thing that I've learned is like, I usually say, I don't have time for things. Right. I'm like, Oh, I don't have time to do that. Well, you actually do have time. It's just, you're not using your time correctly. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I'm sure that probably came up for you a couple of times too. Yeah. I just did a face. I just did a video posted on the success without sacrifice uh, Facebook group about the three things that I learned. And number one was that excuse that I don't have time is it's an excuse. Um, I have time. And what I learned just from the, is that I didn't like, it was really hard a lot of days. And I mean, a lot of days to get that second workout in, but what was easy, the first workout was always easy. I always had time and didn't have to worry about the first workout. That was, I either did it in the morning or a couple of times I broke for lunch, you know, but it was a matter of, like you said, your buddy's a planner. Like I've planned, I planned more days like you really had to plan it out. You got to plan out, you know, cause I was counting calories and I had to plan out when my workouts were going to be. And then if something got messed up, then I had to kind of adjust to that plan. And so the planning was the big part, but what I don't want to do is get hung up on all the 75 hard, like that part of it. I want to, like, I really want us to stay on topic here on making decisions and uh, cause I could talk a lot about 75 hard right now. Cause it's, yeah, I think it's, it's I think fresh. it's good though. So like the thing I'm looking at, right. So in this book, there's, like I said, there are six things about decisions. And so we've already hit on one. Number four is learn from your decisions. Right. So it's like, man, you already, it's, you could be teaching Tony Robbins, this stuff. It's like, you already, <laughs> you've already got it. Right. And so what he says is exactly what you just said, learn from your decisions. It says, there's no way around it. At times you're going to screw up no matter what you do. When the inevitable happens, instead of beating yourself into the ground, learn something. Ask yourself, what's good about this? What can I learn from this? This failure may be an unbelievable gift in disguise if you use it to make better decisions in the future. And so that's like, that's what I'm saying. Like your, your 75 hard situation is a really good, like, uh, litmus test for, yeah. Litmus test or like, yeah, I can't, I can't think of the word I'm thinking yeah. of. It's what they do in Harvard. It's how like case case. Okay. It's like a, a good uh, case study okay. for, for this. You know what I mean? And so uh, the other thing he says is rather than focus on the short-term setback, choose instead to learn lessons that can save you time, money, or pain. And that will give you the ability to succeed in the future. And so I think that's what's really good, right? About making decisions. You got to make more decisions and you have to learn from those decisions more importantly, right? It's really good. I do see like this whole idea of making decisions when you get some clarity on making decisions, 
how poor or how how ineffective decision making you know how ineffective the decision making skill is for so many people and i see you know when you become aware of it you see it all the time and even you know it's the it's the big joke like everywhere for for all of time you know it's like you know, I'm going to ask my wife what's for dinner and, oh, what's for dinner? Oh, I don't care. Okay, let's go here. Well, I don't want to go there. You know, like, and it's just, that just plays. And it's like, and the reason it's such a big deal is because it's so true. And, and we get that, you know, so we, we're in that all the time. And, and so 100%. I, yeah, I just see, you know, and then knowing how I, one, how I grew up, you know, growing up the way I did. And like, I was always in survival mode. I was just talking to Cooper about this the other day about how, how he's being brought up versus how I'm being brought up and how he, he's allowed to make decisions and he has room for grace and where me, I reacted to everything in life. Cause when you came home, you didn't exactly know what scenario you were going to get. You didn't have any stability in home. Um, I mean, I went to nine schools in eight years between fourth or yeah, between fourth grade and 12th grade, I was at nine different schools. Uh, I lived in I think eight different houses in that same time frame. Um, moved across the street twice from one rental to the other. Uh, so there was just never any stability in my life. And so I never made decisions. They were always being, you know, life was always just happening to me. And so when it came time, as I got, you know, when it came time to go to college, I didn't make the decision to go to college. I had one of my mentors in life and said, Hey, I really think you need to go to college. Let's look at it. And within three weeks he had, you know, he had helped me walk through the process. I was enrolled and gone. You know, when I got married, it was, you know, like it was just kind of that time. And it was almost, uh, she didn't, Holly didn't tell me it was time to get married, but it, but that's more of like, she was kind of driving that ship or, okay, you know, we didn't make a, an elaborate decision to have a kid. We just chose not to not have a kid. And there you go. And so I didn't make, we didn't look at those as decisions. It just, life was just happening. And so now that I'm looking at different things like switch, you know, switching brokerages, what brokerage to work with, who, you know, what are we going to do like with housing? What are we doing with, with money? What do we do? You know, like all these different things where I'm, I'm looking out and that's, that has been a huge process over the last six years for me in that it was hard for me to, to learn the skill, to look out a month, two months. And then like the idea of doing year long goals, like, okay, that was pretty easy. But then when I started looking at three years and five years and 20 years, and I'm in that right now, like I'm really, I got a good solid plan for like what I want for three years, what decisions I need to make. And then, so when you start to get some clarity, it helps you make your decisions because does, is the decision I'm making today in line with what that three-year plan looks like? And now like I'm in this process of trying to figure out what 20 years looks like and I'm not there. I don't have clarity on that, but I'm like, I'm seeing glimpses of it. And so I've been able to establish a set of core values I want to operate out of. And I know where I want my three years to, you know, I, I know where I want to be in three and five years. I've got really good clarity on that. So are the decisions I'm making today in line with that? And if they're not in line with that, I need to make sure I know why they're not in line with that. And that means I'm making some kind of an adjustment. But the one thing that I have is I know that I've got 
clarity in what I'm doing and it's not just happening to me. I also think, you know, not, not making a decision is also a decision in itself too. Right. So. Oh, this is huge. So many people don't make decisions when a decision needs to be made. And it's this whole idea of like, I don't know what to do. So I'm paralyzed by the, uh, by the fact that I need to make a decision. Yeah. Being clear on what you want is, is the clear on what you want and what you need is the key factor in making a decision. And so sometimes you can make a crisis out of something and that crisis will make you make a decision, right? Because it's forced upon you. And once a crisis comes, you know, you're like, well, I have to do this. And when you have to do it, it's easy to make a decision, you know? So it's, I always think of like, if your house is burning down, it's not hard to make a decision to like get out of the house or like if my house was burning, I would, I would make a decision to get my kids and my wife out of the house first. And so I would have clarity on what I needed to do. And then I would get it done no matter what it was like, I will find a way I will make a way to get us out of this house because if I don't, we'll die. And so I think, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. How do you simplify things and break things down to where you can make those types of decisions in everything that you do in life? Right. Which is basically what you're saying is, and that's exactly right. Is you have to be clear on your goals. You have to be clear on your values and you have to be clear on what you want, because if you don't know that there's no way for you to make, to make a decision, you know? And so just like when you brought up the food thing, like, what do you want to eat? Like that is so simple and not making a decision there will follow, will carry over into other parts of your life. I, I, I see it all the time. It's like, I don't like, what do you want to eat? Well, uh, it doesn't really matter. And then somebody says, well, I want to eat here. And then you go, ah, I don't want to eat there. And it's like, well, it did matter. It, it did matter. I don't know why you couldn't figure out that it did matter when I asked you the question, but you should have known that beforehand. And so that's why it's like, learn from your mistakes, right? Learn that in the past it did matter. And then you waited until whatever happens. I, you know, my parents would do this all the time. And so it was like, this is one thing that I like have noticed because my dad will be like, uh, actually he always, it's hilarious. Cause I, I always tell him this all the time too. Cause we'll go in to eat at a restaurant and sometimes the, the hostess will be like, well, where do you want to sit at? And for me, I'm like, my dad does not want to sit underneath the air condition. That's one thing I know. And so he'll be like, you want to sit here? And he'll be like, oh yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, dad, you don't want to sit there, man. That's like right underneath the AC. It's going to be blowing on your food. Then you're going to talk to me about how your food's getting cold because this is blowing on it. And so he's like, yeah, you're probably right. You know? And so (laughs) it's like, know what you want, right? He knows what he wants, but he doesn't talk about what he wants until after the person asks him, you know? And so being clear on what you want makes making decisions easier for sure. Yeah. I don't know how you, you can make a decision unless you have the sense of what you want, you know, clarity and, and what what do you do if you don't know what you want, you know? So how then do you make decisions? You know, that's what I was actually just thinking about this the other day because I, I had a, um, a nonprofit, there's a nonprofit in our town and they had like eight, eight boys in this, in this group. And I was talking to him and I basically, I asked him that question. We were talking about dreaming and what do you want to do and how do you get there? And I'm like, what do you guys want to do? Like, you know, when you get out of high school or whatever, and literally every single one of them was almost like, I don't know. 
I don't know what I want to do. And it's like, you, they, you don't have, if you don't have any direction, like you don't know where you're going to go, what you want to do, someone will tell you what to do or where to go or what to do, you know? And so I think that's one reason why it's good to have mentors is because sometimes you don't know what you want to do, but you know, you want to be like this person because you see something in them that inspires you. And so, you know, it's good to have those people where you can dream. I think that's why a dream is really important. You know, and one person that, that really helped me with that is like when we coached with Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Ward, he always talked about a dream. He always talked about like commitment. And I didn't really know the importance of that. Like when he was actually talking about it, cause he had that powerful story about how he wanted to play basketball. And his dad told him like, well, basketball is not everything, but he goes, no, it's not everything, but that was my dream, you know? And so if you have a dream, that's why dreams are really important. You know, dreams and visions and all that thing is like, that at least gives you something to aspire to, you know? And so I think that connection is, is really, really cool. Yeah. I think that opens up an all, a whole nother arena for me. And when you're talking about like the dreams, cause when we started coaching with Kevin and he's like, what's your dream? Like, I didn't have a dream. Like, I don't know that I've ever had a dream. Like, I know there's some things I want and there's some things I like and, but I never had like a legit, you know, you know, I want to be a firefighter or I want to be a basketball player or what, you know, nothing like that. And I think that goes back to, I grew up in that survival state. And so it took me a little while. And so then my dreams and the things I wanted were more based on the people in my life. Like I want to be able to, you know, provide all the technology uh, for Cooper, when it comes to his type one diabetes. And I want to make sure, because what in that world, what you see a lot of times when a, a kid hits 18 or, you know, 22 or 23, when they get off of your insurance, then they can't afford all the technology. Well, I don't want us to be in that spot. I always want him to have the ability to have the technology to manage his type one diabetes. Um, and so that was a, you know, that's, that becomes kind of a vision and a dream and like, Oh, you know, Holly really wants a lake house. So that's what I want to be able to provide. And, you know, Keegan's, you know, going to be involved in music. So I want to be able to like, so those were all like, it's basically, I was just taking their dreams and, and making a mine. And over the last couple of years, some of that has, has shifted and I become better, like, as far as like what I want, you know, I'm, I'm 52. So what I want, like this next portion of my life to look like, and it's nothing, but, you know, like I don't have a specific like, oh, I want to do this or that. But one of the things that's helped me to do is just even like little things, like pick up the hobbies that are like my part. Like you can see, uh, well, they're list you're listening, so you can't see. But if you're watching the video behind me on my shelf at the office, like my RC cars and, uh, you know, like some of my buddies give me a hard time about it. But that's like something like like I'm into, like that's a space that I like to be in. So there I go. And so that's like a small part of it. But I've made that decision intentionally to bring some of that stuff back into my life. And that's part of having clarity on what I want my life to look like. And so something as simple as, you know, my wife says I make too many RC car decisions, but that's a different story. But I always like, you know, I just like having them. I like playing with them. I like getting them. And but that was an intentional decision to get that I made that that's going to that's going to speak into my life. That's going to be a part of who I am because instead of just looking at what I need to do for everybody else, 
I got, you know, I don't want to say I got a little, well, yeah, I got a little selfish and I looked at what I wanted and that's part of what I wanted. And you have to figure out what you want. Yeah. That's like the key thing, right? And maybe you already have what you want. That's like the crazy thing. Crazy thing for me too is like, man, you don't necessarily always have to have more. You know what I mean? You might already have everything that you have wanted, you know, or ever could have wanted. And then it's like, man, I need more, 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 more. And maybe you don't, maybe you don't need more. Maybe, maybe that's, you know, where you need to be at. But the thing that I'm finding is like, it's, it's making, it's really helping me make decisions on what I want to do. Cause I always see good ideas because there's a ton of good ideas out there. Right. And it's like, man, everything that I decide to do doesn't mess, doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. So that's the other thing that is, uh, you know, tough for myself is like, there are other things that I could be doing that are good things to be doing. But if you keep dabbling in a lot of things, you can never get good at one thing, you know? And so that's been really helpful for me being able to, especially in, in the, on the business side, right? Just talking about the business side, just getting my processes and everything razor sharp so I can, you know, my business can run the way that it needs to run is in the past, I'd get things going like a little bit. And then once they kind of get on track, I would go find something else. And then the other thing, like fall off track again. And I like, okay, now I need to pay attention to this again. And so, but now it's like, no, things are going good. Things are on track. And now I need to like hone this into where it is so good, like so, so, so good that it doesn't fall off track, you know? And so not getting distracted in that it's like, man, we're getting good at something. Well, we need to go from good to great, to great, to excellent. And then once it's excellent, then find something else that you can do. And I think that's what being clear, clear is about, like, you know, being there and then raising your standard on things. I think that's a huge, it's a huge problem that we have is distraction. Uh, there's, there's so many distractions and so many options and so many, you know, nothing is simple anymore. I mean, just even think about like toothpaste, how many different, like I, I it was, I literally probably about a month ago, I had to stop at the pharmacy and I was picking up toothpaste out. Um, and I'm like, I don't know what toothpaste we get. And I mean, there's like 80 options, 90, hundred options. I don't know. I mean, there was so many. And I remember, and I was telling another Cooper was with me. I'm like, Hey, do you know when back probably just 30, 40 years ago, when somebody was told to stop and get toothpaste, you just had toothpaste. That's all you picked up was toothpaste. And this is all these options. So it's just, all this is just distraction. Uh, our phone, all the options that we have just distract us. And our coach Lars uh, Hedenborg talks about it all the time. And when you're on a Zoom with him, he'll grab it because it's right by his desk. It's his squirrel. You know, don't get distracted by the squirrel. And uh, we have a lot of squirrels in, I'm sure it's this way in a lot of industries, but in the real estate industry, there are a ton of squirrels. Man, which, man, you saying that makes it even more, so this is even more important, right? Because you are right. There are so many more options available to us. Even like that toothpaste example is so good because it's so simple, right? And so that throws home even more to the fact of like, what do you want? You even have to know even more now what you want because now there's even more options, 
So it's like even toothpaste, it's like, well, what do you want? Well, I don't even know. And then the more options you have, the more paralyzed you become if you don't know what you want. So it's like, man, I need to know that I want whatever crest with, (laughs) you know, tartar control and it needs to taste like cotton candy. That's what I want. (laughs) If you know that, then you're in and out. Actually, you you just order on Amazon. And it goes right to your life, right? Like I want to, it's, yeah. it's, and we talk about every guru talks about it. Like if you want to make more money, we're always using money as an example, but this, this goes to everything. If you want to make more money, you need to say how much more money you want to make because $1 is more money and to your subconscious, that's it. Right. But that's so important. Even more important now is like, get specific. I want to make this much money so I could take care of my family so we can be together, spend more time together. And that is going to give me this quality of life. Right. But if you don't do that, you'll stay paralyzed. You won't know what to pick. You won't know what decisions to make, but that man, that is just so good. I just sit there and think about that. Like our attention is everywhere. You're distracted. You have to be razor sharp, razor clear on what you want because that's the world we live in now. It's different than 10 or 20 years ago. There's so many options now, which is good and bad all at the same time. I think it's good because it helps us get more focused on what we want. I want to make the transition that from toothpaste to houses. And, you know, as we're working with buyers, you know, when there's a lot of inventory and there's a lot of houses for people to see, like they get, they get super picky. And then all of a sudden they're kind of, they want things that maybe they don't have clarity. A buyer doesn't have clarity on what they want. And so then all these other distractions come into place on what they want. Well, oh, maybe I do want the hot tub. So we only want houses with hot tubs or, you know, do we want a pool or don't want a pool? Like not having clarity on that. And like, and so I think housing is the one. So we think houses, huge purchase. And so people go into it with, okay, I want this. I want these three things, you know, I want four bedrooms and two baths and I need, um, you know, I don't think you guys have as many basements. You don't have basements, do you? Do you guys have basements? We do have basements, but okay. it's not, not yeah. you. Yeah. You're up there. In the so anyway, yeah, so we have basements dollar. everywhere. And so high dollar. <laughs> and uh, so they come in with all these options, but I mean, how many buyers end up with what they said they were going to get? Because, at some point in the process, it goes from a really logical decision to a very emotional decision. And when that happens to a buyer, it is crystal clear the moment that happens. When they walk into that house that doesn't check any of the boxes they were talking about, but you know they love it. That decision went from like, I'm really gonna think this through and make a good decision to an emotional decision. And so are decisions logical or are they emotional? And I think, Marketing companies, toothpaste companies, they know it's emotional. And so that's how they market it. And so in housing, it's the, you know, buying a house is just like buying toothpaste, I guess. Just like buying toothpaste. Just as easy, man. People are people. Yep. You're exactly right. Usually the way it starts is, you know, somebody says, I want a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage. And it's like, okay, perfect. You know, I got, I, I, I know what you want. My questions are always, are you married? Do you have a dog? Do you have kids? Because you're right. They're emotional. Right. And so if, if you know someone is married or 
the other question too is are you newly married or have you been married for a while because if you're newly married you get different emotions from different situations if you've been married for a while you get different emotions from different situations right and so and if you got kids i have someone who tells me oh i love this house and they've got kids and it's on a busy street and i'm like you know we'll still go see it but i'm going to be asking questions about you know do you guys play outside in the front a lot? Do your kids ride bikes? Do you want, you know, you throw the football around like that? How are you going to feel, you know, does the street bother you at all? Or, you know, I'm going to be asking those types of questions and cause they're not thinking about it. They're thinking about the house. And then, uh, you know, I, I just recently had this happen. I had a client, they fell in love with this house, awesome house. And, uh, they drove by it. They're under contract on it right now. We're in the inspection period and they drove by it. They just happened to be like, Oh, we want to go look at the house. They drove by at night and there's an abandoned house next to it. And they're like, there's somebody at this house. They talked to the neighbors and the neighbors were like, that house has been abandoned for 20 years. We don't know who owns it. Nobody's ever there. They drove by and there's two cars in the driveway. And he basically told me, he thinks there's a crackhead like he thinks it's like a drug house okay and it's like and then he was and so now he's thinking about it. he's like man i really like this house and he's like you know it's it's not that bad it's not that bad you know it, it can be, it's not that bad and uh <laughs> and then he tells me a little bit more about what him and his wife are thinking about doing in the future and so i don't want to say it because he they listen to this podcast and uh and when he told me that i go man you cannot buy this house, <laughs> but like he was, he was getting emotional, you know, about those things. But, and then he told me what he wanted. And because, you know, I've been in that situation, I've seen that situation happen. I was like, dude, if you're in that situation, you are not going to want that house next to the house you live in at all. Like you cannot buy this house, you know? And so he's like, man, well, we're going to think about it. And I'm like, dude, there is no thinking about it. You do not want that house. It's crazy. Well, you just need to look up that other house and buy it. That's it. Yeah, that went through my head. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. The wheels started turning when he said that. Uh, But yeah. So what are our takeaways here? What do we, what do we, uh, we've, we've spoken about a lot of things here. What do our listeners, as we're talking about making decisions, what are some takeaways? What are some things that even ourselves, we can be thinking about? When it comes yeah, so to for decision. me, it comes down to this, what we were talking state story strategy, making sure you're doing that in order. So, you know, the state, that means you have to be working on yourself. You have to have clarity of what you want. You got to have like the values you want to live by. You need to have clarity of your goals, kind of where you're going. It's the saying, you know, what's the one where if you don't know where you're going, you're definitely going to get there. You know, so you got to know where you're going. Otherwise you can't make decisions to get you there. You don't, you don't know which way to turn. And then you have to really combat as you're working on your your state of mind, you got to work on the stories that you're telling yourself. You know, for me, it's the, oh, I'm not allowed to decide to, to where I live. It's just kind of got to come to me, um, you know, or you've got to get lucky in life to, to make it happen. You know, uh, you know, they're just really lucky. Uh, they had the right people or, you know, they had the right family. They had their, you know, I don't have those things. Like, so those are stories that I've had to combat in my life. And then you come up with a strategy on how you're going to get there. So you got that. And then, uh, so that comes back to, you got to have your, your core values, got to have clarity. And then when 
Uh, and then paying attention to your distractions. Uh, what distractions do you have in your life? And are the distractions taking you off of the route you want to go? And then in that part, it's going to come feelings versus logic and how you're making decisions with your feelings or your logic and trying to make that a combination of both where, you know, you can love that house, but don't make a bad decision strictly because you feel that you love the house, even though it, it you know, the scenario you shared might be there. So that's kind of my takeaways. Really good points. My biggest one, I think, is like, it's another Tony Robbins quote, but he says it's in the moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And so I think every decision you make, even not making a decision is a decision. And all of those decisions create who you are, where you're going to be, what you're going to do. So you have to work on how you make decisions and you have to make decisions is what I think. And so I think getting excited about making decisions. So go ahead and like get excited about it, make more decisions, make decisions quickly. I always just think of like the decision for me to go to the Air Force Academy, like because I played football, because I decided to go to the Air Force Academy. That's how I met my wife. That's why my life is the way it is at the moment, you know? And so every decision that you make uh, is shaping your destiny. I think is like really the main thing for me. And then um, there's also three things that we can think of that are going to control that destiny too. Right. And so when you, when you actually make a decision, you know, you have to decide what you want to focus on. What does that mean to you? And then what are you going to do? Right. And so I think all of that is all encompassing and exactly what you said as well, you know, the state story and uh, state story and, strategy strategy and so all of those things all of those things are are um where it's at but decision making is so important now and the fact that we have so many options too you have to be good at making decisions you have to be you have to know what you want so i think that is like for even just for people listening to this like that's the key question like what do you want have a dream what do you want and commit to that? And then you can change after that, right? You can course correct and all that, but at least make a decision. Oh yeah. That's, and, and when you make decisions and you, you change because when you make a decision, so when I made a decision to get into real estate, that was a great decision. Well, along the way, I never had an idea that I'd want to be into investing. Well, I had to make a shift in that because I saw that as an opportunity. And so when you make decisions, and I think you're being intentional with your life, more opportunities open up to you. And so when you're being intentional, other opportunities are going to present themselves. That's right. So you stay committed to your decision, but you want to stay flexible in your approach. Like that's what the key is. Just like with the 75 hard, right? You made the decision to do the 75 hard. You stayed committed to it for 75 days, but you had to be flexible in how you you know, got everything done. The commitment was there, but the flexibility and how to get things done. So I think that's really The other good. thing I want to add, and this is, this is for you as somebody who's got, you know, Drew 26, Keegan's 21 and Cooper's uh, 15. Uh, my kids are older compared to yours. And I didn't do a great job of this. Um, and I've gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. Make your kid make this, make your kids make decisions, put them in a positions to, 
to to build that skill of making decisions. Oh, I yeah. think that's huge. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you do that, but I love doing that, man. Yeah. I always, I always tell them, I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to give you a couple of things you can do. Just know you got to live with the consequences. So it's even like you do this and this is what happens. You don't have to do what I'm telling you to do, but just know there's going to be some pain if you don't do what I tell you to do. So yeah. you can do either one. doesn't matter to me. And just seeing them do that and like work through that is like, it's, I think it's funny. I love it's fun it. watching them test that too. Like as they're becoming their own people. And then you actually, you know, you've got four kids now, but as they're older, you're, you're getting to see their personalities come out and how, how one of your kids is just going to fall right in line. And then one's going to test it. Like, okay, he's giving me the option. Yeah, is the see. risk worth the reward? Right. Yeah. Which is why I don't like spanking my kids anymore. Cause yeah. you know, a few of them are like, eh. It might be worth getting spanked over this one. <laughs> and I'm like, I love that, man. I love that. It's like, man, you're actually weighing it out, you know, is this good or not or everything else. So super good, man. You got anything else to, before we wrap it all up? No, I think that's it. man. we, uh, we jumped on all my notes and we actually added a couple of things. So pretty happy with this one. Yeah, really good. So I uh, want to thank everybody for, joining us here on this episode just kind of to wrap things up we're talking about making decisions how important making decisions are at this time in our life number one we have so many options available to us so with all the options that we have available to us you need to be crystal clear on what it is you want if you don't know what you want then it's going to be really hard for you to make a decision and then also being able to make decisions quickly and then learning from those decisions is actually the most important part of uh, making a decision. And so you also want to stay committed to your decision, but be flexible in your approach. And as is usual, if you listen to, if you're a frequent listener to the podcast, one of our resources is always Mr. Tony Robbins. We spoke about his book, Awaken the Giant Within. We spoke about the event that he has as well, that Jerry's going to be attending here soon. Unleash the power within as well, which is a really good seminar to go to. If you ever have the opportunity to check that out, I would recommend it. It is life changing for sure. Walking on fire. Walking on fire, which is really good. It's a metaphor for life, right? Yep. And so super good. And so uh, you can connect with us. You can find us anywhere on social and we also would love to connect with you in our group, Success Without Sacrifice, our Facebook group, Success Without Sacrifice. And then if you would leave us a five-star rating and review, we're finding that a lot of folks are finding the podcast that way. So if you enjoy what you're hearing here, help us out and help us spread the love to others. And so we appreciate y'all being with us and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.